Good morning, VEV. It's Kate here, and this morning I'm privileged to be sharing with you on the topic of discipleship, humility, and the willingness to learn based on our teaching text from Matthew chapter 11, verses 16 to 19 and 25 to 30. I'm not going to read that piece right yet, um, but work through it bit by bit as we go. I chose this image of the night sky to start today because um, being outside under a night sky always reminds me of how small I am, how vast the universe is, how little we actually know about all of it. And it brings about sense, a sense of awe and wonder for me and also a sense of humility. Um, just as we begin, a little humor. On the highest throne in the world, we still only sit on our bottoms. I work at an organization called Sanctuary Mental Health Ministries, and in this work, we help churches prepare to support mental health recovery in their communities. And one of the things we do is we run a faith and mental health blog. Um, I'm an editor on that blog, and I get the privilege of reading some really wonderful pieces submitted by people. Um, and recently, we had a fairly well-known writer um, submit a piece that uh, was intended to increase our readership and draw attention to our blog. Um, this, this writer has written a number of best-selling books, and so we're really excited to have his piece. But at the same time, some of the, the parts of his piece felt um, we felt were maybe not appropriate for our audience, many of whom live with mental illness. And of course, as an editor, I have to communicate this back to him. And I was really nervous and sweating a little bit because you know, who am I really to be telling a best-selling author what he should and shouldn't put in his post? Um, but I knew that I needed to, and his response was really humbling. It was really beautiful. Um, he said, you know, I understand uh, your concern for your audience and your love for them, and um, I really appreciate that you care so much. And of course, I'm happy for you to edit this piece however you see fit. And also, maybe you consider consulting with me on a book project that I'm going to be doing. And I was just really taken aback by his willingness to learn um, from our audience and from us um, and his humility in his response. And it's, it's really stuck with me. And I just want us to keep this story in mind as we work through the passage today. So... The passage today comes from Matthew chapter 11, and um, up until this point in the book of Matthew, the crowds have been very responsive to Jesus, um, to the message of Jesus, and are kind of depicted as um, positive and potential disciples, um, and Jesus is shown as an authoritative teacher. Our text today is nestled between two um, discourses in Matthew, the second and third discourse. There's five discourses in the book of Matthew. Um, and in this uh, passage, we begin to see a little bit about some of the crowd's um, rejection of the message of Jesus. And here we see Jesus talking um, about the rejection of the message of of John the Baptist and of his own message. So he says, to what can I compare this generation? They're like children sitting in the marketplaces and calling out to others. We played the pipe for you and you did not dance. We sang a dirge and you did not mourn. For John came neither eating nor drinking and they said, he has a demon. The son of man came eating and drinking and they say, here is a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. But wisdom is proved right by her deeds. So, Basically, Jesus is saying, we presented our messages in two completely different ways. John um, 
you know, fasting in the desert and preaching repentance in Jesus, um, bringing the good news of the kingdom, but eating and drinking with tax collectors and sinners and those who are on the margins of society, um, and both of them offending uh, the people in such a way that neither of their messages were received. Um, we might say that uh, that they lacked a willingness to learn. Here's the greatest spiritual teacher um, of all time uh, presenting messages about his kingdom and they're not able to hear it. So in the end, um, the people are like uh, the children playing in the marketplace, playing, they can't decide whether to play wedding games or funeral games, so in the end they end up playing nothing. Uh, that's kind of an image for um, the the people's rejection of both the messages of John and Jesus. Um, but then Jesus sort of, and our lectionary reading skips over this part, but um, there's a section uh, in, this, in this chapter where Jesus explains um, and also rebukes a number of Galilean towns that have rejected his message. And so we're going to skip over that part uh, to verse 25, where Jesus talks about those who did receive his message. Um, and uh, the ones who did receive his message were actually the children. And the slide is eventually going to, there we go. Okay, so at this time, Jesus said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for this is what you were pleased to do. So the wise and learned were perhaps those who had rejected Jesus's message, but also likely um, this refers to the scribes and the Pharisees and the religious leaders who, um, who Jesus rebuked for their self-importance and hypocrisy, um, those who already believed they had all of the answers. And those who are willing to learn are the children. Um, they're the ones God reveals his truth to, the lowly, the broken, the poor in spirit, the weak, the merciful, the meek, the persecuted, and all whom Jesus calls blessed, the sick, the lame, the lepers, the demon-possessed, the tax collectors and sinners, who came to Jesus for healing of body and spirit. So the ones who are aware of their own brokenness and need, we might say these are uh, the ones who came to Jesus and um, understood his message. Uh, we might say one aspect of pride is the unwillingness to learn, and one aspect of humility is the willingness to learn. Um, Karen shared this quote with the leadership team last week, a disciple is always ready to take the next step. If there's anything that characterizes Christian maturity, it is the willingness to become a beginner again for Jesus Christ. It is the willingness to put our hand in his and say, I'm scared to death but I'll go with you. You're the pearl of great price. So in this, we see um, just that willingness to learn, that willingness to be a beginner again. And it's to these that Jesus says, I will reveal my kingdom. And what is it that, that the people see, um, the children who are able to see when the wise can't? They're able to see that it was the Father um, that sent Jesus and that Jesus reveals the Father. All things have been committed to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. So in this, in this uh, 
verse, Jesus is proclaiming his lordship and also describing his intimate relationship with the Father. And then it's into this relationship that Jesus invites his listener. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. It's a command and also a promise. Um, come to me, it's first and foremost an invitation to relationship. And then all who are weary. So it's without partiality. Um, everyone is welcome. And in this, this passage, he isn't speaking about physical burdens. Um, he's speaking to people who are um, burdened by the system of um, works that the Pharisees have laid on the backs of the people um, that Jesus was offering to relieve. So later on in Matthew's gospel, um, Jesus actually rebukes the Pharisees for laying these heavy burdens on the shoulders of the people. Um, so, and it's not the law per se that they're laying on the people, but additions to the law, little extras that they were adding that, that was making it quite difficult for the people um, to, to follow. Um, so I, we might ask the question, who are our weary and burdened today? Who are those of us who are living underneath systems of religious and political oppression? Um, how are we wearied by uh, the experience of going through COVID-19 and by the systems of injustice and oppression that we see in our world? To all of us, Jesus says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened. Um, and his promise is, I will give you rest. Um, we're going to return to that in just a minute because uh, Jesus actually repeats this promise that he will give us rest. Um, the next part of this scripture is that Jesus says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I'm gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Um, please forgive me, my slides are operating at a very strange pace. I can't actually get them to change at the right speed, so they're not always going to change when I'm intending them to. My apologies. Um, but <laughs> I'm learning. Um, so Jesus says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. What does Jesus mean by that? Is this the kind of yoke he's speaking of? Um, I don't think so, but I sincerely hope that all of you have had your breakfast already, because the slide is going to remain up for a little while. This is not the kind of yoke Jesus is speaking of. Um, a yoke is a bar or a frame that is attached to the heads or necks of two work animals, such as oxen, so that they can pull a plow or heavy load. The yoke of the Pharisees is the burdensome yoke of self-righteousness and legalistic law-keeping, of always having to do it right and forgetting about love. So in this passage, Jesus is addressing the people of Israel who've been burdened and weighed down, as I've already said, and he's offering a different kind of yoke, a yoke of simple faith and relationship. Um, Jesus doesn't... Uh, Jesus doesn't give us the yoke and tell us to walk with it alone, but he actually, um, he actually walks alongside us. He yokes himself with us. Um, and I think this is both a picture of Jesus' humility, but also a requirement that we also humble ourselves and step into that relationship with Jesus and to learn from him um, with humility. And here we see that... Um, the nature of Jesus is, is gentleness and humility. Um, Jesus, as teacher says, learn from me. Um, in, in Greek, gentle means uh, gentle, meek, 
the positive moral quality of dealing with people in a kind manner with humility and consideration. Heart means cardia, or sorry, the Greek is cardia, meaning um, heart, mind, life, soul, spirit, with a focus on thinking and understanding. So Jesus is saying, in the core of whom, who I am, in my thinking and understanding, I am gentle and I am humble. So Jesus is presenting himself as a very different kind of teacher than the people would have been used to. Um, the religious leaders, the Pharisees and the scribes were called out for their pride and for laying heavy burdens on the people. But Jesus is actually saying, you know what, I'm a different kind of teacher. Um, I am gentle and humble in heart. Um, I have a number of teachers in my family. My mom's a teacher, my grandparents, my sister-in-law, my uncle, my mother-in-law. Um, Nate and I have done our fair share of teaching uh, various things. And I know that there are many teachers at VEV. Um, and uh, so I've, one of the things that jumped out at me when I thought about this, Jesus as a teacher who is gentle and humble, um, is that Jesus was really modeling the kind of behavior and orientation and posture um, for his, his disciples and followers um, that he wanted them to emulate. So he was both saying, my nature is both gentle and humble, but I'm also inviting you to learn from me in that, to learn from me about gentleness and humility um, and to, to learn to model my character. Um, and one aspect of that is this willingness to learn, to not assume that we have all the answers um, all the time. And last week, Gordy talked about hospitality and about welcoming and creating space and being a guest in the story of another. Um, and this really does require a posture of humility. Uh, Jesus entered into our story, the human story. God uh, became baby and walked in our shoes and experienced our reality. And we see in Philippians uh, chapter 2, verse 5, the companion text for this piece we're reading today, um, that Jesus says, um, or this is describing Jesus, who being in the very nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. So this is the model of humility that Jesus offers us. We're invited to adopt the same posture, to make space for and enter into the stories of others. Um, we don't have to agree with each other or believe the same things, but we need to adopt a posture of listening and learning to the lived experiences of those who've been marginalized, disenfranchised, and have experienced injustice among us. A couple of weeks ago, I had a phone call from a friend who lives with schizophrenia, and he told me that, um, a really painful story about a relationship he has um, with a former friend. Um, and this friend had decided that my friend actually um, lived with ADHD and he told him so. And, and my friend said, well, no, actually, that's not true. Actually, I was diagnosed with schizophrenia 20 years ago, and that's, that's what I live with. And this friend initially said, well, no, I don't actually think that's true. I don't think you have a diagnosis. Um, and then my friend said, well, no, actually, I really do. Like, and this is what it, this is what it means for me. Um, and his friend said, well, actually, no, I'm scared of you. And um, I don't want you around my family. And I'm, yeah, I don't want to have communication with you anymore. And then this, this person cut my friend out of his life and blocked him on all his communication channels. And the story is really painful, um, really, really painful thinking about um, 
just the experience of being completely rejected in that way, but also being misunderstood and not listened to well and judged. Um, and I have to wonder, had this person just asked my friend about his experiences and assumed a posture of listening and not assuming that he knew what was actually happening for him, if he would have come away with um, revelation and understanding of what was happening for um, my friend. And I think that is something that's really beautiful when we use a posture of gentleness and humility with others, is that it can, it can lead to this tremendous revelation and understanding. Um, I know that in our service a couple of weeks ago, when we heard from Sini uh, and Stephanie about their stories living um, as Indigenous women in Canada, um, articulating experiences that most of us will not have had and allowing us a perspective um, from their point of view. What a gift that was. Um, so again, gentleness and humility lead to understanding and revelation when we can listen well to each other's stories and assume that posture of listening and learning. I think of a number of conversations happening in our culture right now. We think of Black Lives Matter and um, uh, the rights of Indigenous people in our country and um, even listening well to our LGBTQ brothers and sisters. Um, There's so many conversations where we have an opportunity right now to assume a posture of humility and gentleness in, in the path of Jesus. Um, so, so Jesus, as I mentioned, describes his nature. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I'm gentle and humble in heart. And the promise is once again, and you will find rest for your souls. Rest in this sense can mean the Sabbath rest, the rest of death, rest from war. Um, rest also can function as an image of salvation, of what, will, what the world will be when the world is finally ordered according to God's purposes and enjoys complete and full Sabbath. Um, in this promise of rest, Jesus promises life under God's reign in the new world that he will bring into being. So it's really a full picture of rest. Um, here. And then in uh, soul, from the Greek psyche, is life, soul, heart, mind, the immaterial and eternal part of the inner person, often meaning the animate self. So we have this sense of um, rest that is all-encompassing, that is um, rest now and rest eternally for our whole selves. The final phrase of this passage is just for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Um, the yoke that Jesus offers us is not the yoke of the Pharisees. It's a yoke of loving God, loving people. And all of the commandments are summed up in that. Um, the yoke of Jesus is light and easy to carry because it is a yoke of repentance and faith and following him. Um, and also of joining with Jesus in that work of justice, mercy, and compassion that is breaking into the world, and to find the rest for which our souls long. Just ending with these two discussion questions. Um, is there a specific area in your life where Jesus is inviting you to become a beginner again, to assume a posture of learning? What heavy burdens are you carrying today that you want to give to Jesus? 
Alternatively, what's your favorite snack food or outdoor summer activity? And if none of those float your boat, how about your favorite way to eat eggs? Or if you don't like them, your least favorite way. Thank you.